0: Welcome to the ISA's Science of Arboriculture podcast series. This podcast series was developed by the International Society of Arboriculture to bring you the latest research-based information on tree care. If you have a favorite arboricultural topic that you would like to learn more about, please contact Luana Vargas, the producer of this series, at the ISA office in Champaign, Illinois, or me, Tom Smiley, the host of this series at the Bartlett Tree Research Laboratory. Today's talk is by me, Tom Smiley. I'll be talking about the ANSI A300 standards and the ISA best management practices, their history, where they are now, and what's coming up. This lecture was originally presented at the ISA International meeting in Providence, Rhode Island in July 2009. I'm going to be talking about the A300 standards and that process talk a little bit about the history of the standard, where we are, and where we are going. Also want to talk a little bit about the ISA best management practice, same sort of thing, where we are, where we're going with that, and then a couple of my pet peeves on applying the standards, and then a little bit more on the BMPs, a couple specific BMPs that we're in process of developing and we need your input uh, on. So that's where we're going. We're going to start with the ANSI A300 standard. I hope most of you have heard this, or hopefully most of you are familiar with this and actually own copies of it. The ANSI A300 standard is developed by a committee of industry representatives. They are sanctioned by ANSI to do this. And to keep their sanction, they have to comply with the rules of the ANSI process. Okay, And this standard is developed for uh, tree care quality of work. Okay, We have another ANSI standard that, again, I hope you're very familiar with. This is the Z-133. This is the safety standard, very important standard in our industry that I will not be talking about at all today. So if you have questions on this, ISA is the secretariat of this. Uh, This one can be enforced as law, so you need to know about this one, but I am not the fellow to tell you about that one. But I will tell you a little bit about the ANSI process, which is the same for both standards. The ANSI standards are voluntary, industry, consensus standards. Okay, it's about as uh, brief as we can put it. Three very important legs to that standard. Number one, voluntary, because they are not enforced with any regulatory power. We have no power to impose these standards on you or anyone else in the industry. Now, that said, there are some states and some other entities that have taken the ANSI standards and said, this is the law, okay? Uh, One stands out in particular, that is the state of Maryland, uh, and there are other municipalities that basically say that these standards do have the power of law in our state, and the state of Maryland has gone one step further, and I'm going to be talking about should and shall as we go on, but the state of Maryland has gone to the point where they say basically all the shoulds are now shalls, and this is the law, okay, and that certainly has some impact on that state. Okay, industry. That was the second leg. This is uh, actually a shot of our committee meetings, uh, or at least part of the the group in there. The industry has developed these standards. We have a number of different uh, representatives from the industry, from governmental agencies, and from professional societies. First off, our chair is Tim Johnson. He is a commercial arborist in Phoenix, arizona runs artistic arborist and a supply company down there your representative as members of the isa is bruce hagan bruce was appointed a number of years ago by bob tate when he was president of the society and he is your representative so uh... you may have other people that you have access to but but bruce is the society Representative, And he's well, welcome uh, to hear from any of you in regards to the standard. Now, there are a lot of other folks that serve on that committee. Here are some of the other uh, members that represent uh, an association, Dane Buell, uh, Gordon Mann, Don Zamar, Keith Klein. Matt Simons. You may know some of these guys and, and again you're welcome if you have an issue with A300 or something you'd like to see in there or maybe taken out to talk to any of these folks. We also have a way for you to find out about what's going on with A300 and that is a list that is maintained by the ISA by Kathy Ashmore at the Champaign office. And if you would like to be kept up to date on what's going on in A three hundred, ask Kathy to put you on the list, and you will receive emails of the drafts that are under consideration. And again, those that information, uh, if you see problems with it, you can send your comments to Bruce Hagen, who will then present them to the committee. Okay, consensus, the third leg. Now, consensus means we're not just taking up and down votes, basically, on every word in that document. Consensus means we need to come to an understanding. It's rare that we have to push uh, things to the point of a vote, but uh, in general, uh, we have uh, the ability to come to consensus. And this is on every single word in those documents, okay? They wordsmith the hack out of these documents. It's a very deliberate process, some may uh, say, Uh, quite tedious. Okay, a little bit on the history of this process. It actually dates back to 1944, when the National Arborist Association decided to develop standards, and this, uh, you've probably seen these old uh, NAA standards around. A couple of uh, early chairs that you certainly uh, may recognize the names, uh, Freeman Parr of Parr and Hanson on Long Island, a commercial arborist, one of the uh, very early chairs. He was followed by Bill Lampier, and I think you may uh, recognize that last name. He's uh, Lauren's father, and he uh, really moved that process ahead uh, a lot when he was on that committee. I got this sort of nice quote from Lauren that sort of describes what we've been through in this process. Freeman, Freeman Parr, one of the early chairs, was told by many arborists it would be impossible to get a single standard about which all could agree. Okay, so this has been going back to the 40s. Uh, we still hear that comment today on a lot of the new standards that are proposed. But in fact, uh, that has been accomplished. And like Freeman, my father believed strongly that our industry was uh, far, far better off with standards imperfect as they might be than no standards at all. And I think that's exactly where we are now. These standards are not perfect. Uh, They are not necessarily based on science. They are based on a combination of science and general practice uh, that we have in the uh, industry. And that these are uh, living, working, evolving documents. They do change. They are revised on a five-year basis, and that is good. We we try to update them with the latest science at each time interval. Okay, so I've got a a couple of uh, giveaways here for the correct answer to a couple of questions in my talk. My first question is, What was the first standard that was written by NAA? What was it for? What uh, Oh, who said that, cabling? Oh man, I don't think I can make it, Jim. You're gonna have to come up to get it. Yeah, unknown to most people, except the very smart ones in the room, cabling was the first standard. Most people thought it was pruning, and and that is very common. Uh, But indeed it was cabling, and the reason that it was cabling, was that uh, a representative from the National Park Service, Mr. Thompson, developed this standard, this tree preservation bullet number three from the National Park Service on cabling and bracing. And that was adopted basically in whole by the NAA committee. So unlike the ANSI standards where pruning was the first standard uh, with NAA, it was cabling. Okay, what are standards for? They are uh, basically done to help you prepare or basically write specifications for tree work. Okay, And the implications of that statement are these are not specifications in their own right. They are guidelines for you to write specifications and we'll talk a little bit more about a couple of the details of that that some people misunderstand in a few minutes well we have seven existing ANSI standards, pruning, fertilization support systems, lightning protection management which is construction management transplanting integrated uh, and integrated vegetation management these are the, the existing ones pruning has been revised a couple of times now it includes utility pruning Fertilizer's been revised twice. Support system was just revised, and the name was broadened. It used to be cabling and bracing. It's now support systems, and part of what goes along with that is propping. So new propping information was in the last version of that. Lightning protection's been revised twice now, uh, and management and transplant and integrated vegetation management are all still uh, fairly new. Okay, so we had the first one. Now for my other uh, award here, what is the next standard that is under development? What is number eight? Appraisal. It is not appraisal. Sorry. Tree risk assessment. Uh, you know, you would think that it was tree risk assessment because that's the one that's getting all the press. I'm sorry, Bill. It doesn't go to you. Anyone else? Appraisal. No, not tree appraisal. Back No. Tree stability. Okay. Wow. Okay. Somebody, does anyone else have a? Soil. Okay. There you are. Who is that? I can't make it that far either, Tori, so (laughs) you'll have to come and get it or I'll give it to you afterwards. (laughs) Okay. Yes, indeed. Uh, It is root management. At least that's the working title right now. That is part eight, even though it hasn't been getting the press that risk management has, which is part nine. And uh, it hasn't been assigned a part number, but after that we are looking at doing integrated pest management to replace the old spray calibration standards. So that's what's uh, coming up. Let me say a few words about these. Uh, now you have seen in the past that some of our standards may be very thin. I think we have one that has only one page of information. That is not where we stand with root management. Root management is the largest document that this uh, committee has ever worked on. It actually has three parts, uh, root management, soil management, and irrigation. So this may at the end be broken up into three standards. We're not sure about that yet. The First part of this is uh, indeed root management, root collar excavation, root cutting, root barriers, and girdling root removal are all included in that one. The second part is root zone management. Now we do have a fertilization standard so there's no fertilization information in here but rather this is site evaluation, soil volume information, the stuff that Jim Urban and Nina Bassick talk a lot about, Ned Gilman, uh, organic matter management, mulching and soil compaction remediation third part, which uh, has uh, just barely started, is irrigation management, looking at soil moisture monitoring, drainage, and irrigation, so all these are fairly large topics, so you can see where where this may end up in uh, three different standards, and we're not uh, sure about that yet. Part nine, probably the part that has had the most interest lately, is risk management, And this flow chart uh, here, a little hard to read, sorry about that, is directly out of the standard. The latest standards all have a flow chart of their thought process in the appendix, and this is that flow chart from risk management showing the process, which goes like this, establish risk management objectives for trees, basically defining the scope of the work, followed by the risk assessment itself, a visual assessment, quantitative target analysis, and risk estimation, followed by reporting that risk to your client, and then making a decision on what to do with that tree, conducting the abatement if it's necessary, uh, residual risk reporting, that is, you know, letting the client know after you've pruned the tree what the risk is now, and then recommending a monitoring time frame with the tree and any follow-up recommendations. What will be included? Well there's a lot of information uh, in there. I'd like to talk about one little piece of this information and that is levels of inspection. We are looking at three different levels of inspection basically following now what is done in the field. The first level of inspection is called a survey, where we're basically just doing a drive by or a walk by. We don't have an obligation to look all the way around the tree. It is basically just a one sided examination of the tree. You know, that uh, we do not consider the best, but we consider it the only practical thing for some cases, especially municipalities. The second level is considered a basic evaluation, which is from the ground looking entirely around the tree, looking at the crown of the tree, and looking at the exposed roots and buttress roots of the tree. So this is what we would do typically as arborists, commercial arborists, on a daily basis where we have an obligation to look all the way around the tree. But just visual, there may be some mallet requirements here. I am not sure about that yet. That has not been solidified. And the third level is actually a combination level. This is the advanced examination, and we would anticipate that people get paid for this where uh, it's a minimal time on the survey or um, on the basic, you know, you may do that when you're out trying to bid a job, but the advanced, uh, certainly there would be a charge on that because we're looking at doing something else. We're looking at uh, probing with a drill to detect uh, sound wall thickness or maybe doing a sonic uh, evaluation, sending a climber or an aerial lift up the uh, tree to do an analysis of the large structural branches, or doing a root valuation, which may require excavation. So uh, that is certainly going to be a higher level than the others. And it's, it's not required that you do all three, but uh, if you're hired to do one, you may want to recommend another one if it is needed. Okay, using a standard. We've got a lot of standards out there, and I'm not going to talk about using each one, but I do want to bring up a couple of examples, and I think that they will apply to most of the standards, basically all of them. It is your obligation, according to the preface in the standards, that you as arborists interpret the wording in the standard, And then apply your knowledge of the tree, uh, that species, and the site that it's growing in to make a recommendation on the specifications for work. So basically, what they're saying is don't have universal stamped standards that apply to every tree. It takes uh, an intelligent arborist to apply. These standards to a tree, and certainly you're going to have to take the site and the species into consideration when doing that. A couple of key terms that you'll run across in every standard the two basic terms in there shall, which tells you it's a must, a must do a recommendation, it's a requirement, and a should, which denotes statements that are recommendations. So you can do the shoulds or not the shells basically, you must do. Now, one thing that we see in way too many contracts, especially in municipal contracts, is this statement, that prune, they should prune in accordance with the ANSI A300 standard. So it's good that uh, municipalities know that these standards exist, but my question to you is, does this statement have any meaning? No, very good. So there are some uh, intelligent people here, uh, and I'm happy to get that answer. There are a few factors in pruning that are fairly universal. I just listed a couple of here. One, tools must be sharp. Okay, There's not really any flexibility on that one. That is a requirement for all. Uh, Climbing spurs or spikes. They're basically very limited in their use. There are some exceptions in the document, but again, it it universally sort of accepted that unless you fall into one of those categories the climbing spurs are not used for pruning. And then, where to make pruning cuts. We basically have three different cuts uh, described in the standard. And there's really not a lot of flexibility there. Those are described, those are relatively universal. You can say, make pruning cuts in accordance with the A300 standards. That's a valid statement. But pruning trees in accordance with the standard is not. There are options that must be specified. And these exist in all the standards. But again, I'm just using pruning standard as an example here. First off, you must specify the pruning type. And by the way, the word type has now been replaced with the word method. And here are some of the basic ones. Clean, raise, reduce, or thinning. There are others in there, but these are the four basic ones. So that must be specified in a pruning contract. So that tells you the type of branch you're gonna be removing. The lower branches or dead branches or uh, live branches uh, near the, the chips. And what the next one, the size range, Basically, it's going to tell you how long that job's going to take. If you specified crown clean four inches and greater on a medium sized tree, this could be one or two branches. That's a very, very quick prune. On a medium sized tree, though, if you're asked to do half inch and larger, that could be a half day job, maybe longer. So the size range really is going to predict or help you predict uh, the time frame that the work will take and then there are other factors that need to be specified and they depend on the pruning type (laughs) so if we're thinning we need to say what percentage of the crown we're going to be removing. If we're looking for uh, crown raising, what's the vertical clearance that you need? Reduction, either how much uh, the tree should be reduced or the distance that you're reducing it back, say, from a building. So, these are the factors that must be specified. And again, if you, if you give that blanket statement of prune according to the A300 standards, it does not pick up these categories. So these must be specified by the arborist uh, writing the specifications. Moving on to the next topic, standards and BMPs. Basically standards are put limits on what we are going to do and best management practices basically tell you how to do it. Whenever there is a how-to statement in the standard it is uh, immediately identified by the committee and thrown out and they usually say, put it in the BMP. So the how-to information is transferred to the BMP. So the BMPs are documents uh, designed to interpret the standards. That is the the basic uh, purpose for these. Now that has been expanded a little bit, but we'll talk about that in just a minute. And these are intended to act as guides uh, for practicing arborists and tree workers for doing uh, the work on trees. Uh, They're relatively inexpensive and readily available. Each BMP has an author and a review committee. Scrolling on the the screen are photos of some of the authors, and we try to get a, a diversity of authors that are familiar with the subject area, that can write, and that will get the job done. They each have a committee, a review committee, that looks at drafts of the BMPs and basically approves those drafts. So we've taken this consensus document to serve as a base. It then goes to a BMP author, and and from there it goes out to the review committee. If you would like to be on a review committee for any of these topics, we do look for new people to do that. If you aren't on one now and you'd like to be, You can, again, contact Kathy Ashmore in Champaign to get put on the list. We now have, I don't know, probably 24, 25 people on the risk uh, BMP review committee, so it's getting to be a big one. But if anyone has a real passion for that topic area, you can get on that committee. The BMPs that are currently available, we have pruning. It's in its second edition and also available in Spanish. Utility pruning, fertilization, support system, lightning protection. Basically, everything that we have an ANSI standard for, we have a BMP for. Plus, we have a couple of additional BMPs because... The activity on the ANSI side was going a little bit slow, or maybe it wasn't planned for ANSI. We have taken a jump here. So we now have a a BMP for integrated pest management with no standard, and we have one for tree inventories as well. And we're looking at a third one, and that is uh, the next topic of the day. Now, occasionally I get questions about the differences between BMP and ANSI standards. Are there any differences between the two? And the answer is yes, there are occasionally differences. And the reason for this is the BMPs are written by the International Society of Arboriculture. And we have an international audience. And not everyone in the world does tree care as we do it in the United States. So the photo in the background here is of a a tree that needs a support system. There are slight differences in the way uh, the English and the Australians install cables than the Americans do. So those uh, differences are taken into account when we write BMPs. So the BMPs in process, tree risk assessment, urban forest data standard, that's the next topic today and root soil and irrigation management. Just a couple words on the risk BMP. It's gonna include the definitions, how to uh, conduct a risk assessment, the levels that I went over before, the eight categories of defect to look for, decay uh, assessment, inspection frequency, basically all the basics of a risk assessment. This isn't gonna be the only book. Uh, Obviously, there are a lot of good uh, books out there on risk assessment, but this one's gonna be a relatively short version of that. One of the things that you'll see that you haven't seen in any other BMP is a color coding of defect levels some people are calling it the lifesaver effect with all these different colors. The committees, this is basically the only thing they could come to consensus on as far as presenting these levels of risk. So that will be quite different uh, than we've seen in other BMPs. Quick review. Uh, we have the ANSI standards that are basis for writing specifications, the what. We have the uh, best management practices, which are the how-to, and the process uh, will continue. Okay. This concludes my talk on the ANSI A300 Standards and the ISA Best Management Practices. If you would like to purchase any of these standards or BMPs, they can be found at the ISA online bookstore. If you would like to receive continuing education units for today's talk, the code for this lecture is SA3993. Again, SA3993. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast series and join us next time for another Science of Arboriculture. Trees in every country Dreams you know we can Work together and learn what we need To meet the challenge Traditional skills and modern techniques Whatever language you speak, you have a world to offer. Every day, climb with the ISA.